1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. The Browns, 26-24 winners in dramatic fashion uh, today in Carolina, beating their former quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, Now, Just so everyone knows, this isn't going to be like the normal hour-long post-game pod. It's been a long day. We're we're recording this. It's about 9.20 here uh, in Carolina. And... We still have more to do. So we're going to do a, a little bit of a shorter pod here. We'll have all kinds of pods coming to you though this week, including Hey Mary Kay, uh coming your way on Tuesday morning and a full week of pods. So we'll have plenty of time to discuss this game. But let's start with the good, I guess, and what everyone is talking about. And that is, of course, Mary Kay Cade York, uh, making that fourth round pick worth every single asset given up to take I guess it was a trade back that that they got there but whatever happened to take Katie York in the fourth round making him worth every effort to scout and draft him uh, a 58-yard field goal to win the game and save the Browns from disaster
2: absolutely incredible and now I don't look so crazy for suggesting perhaps they should have taken with their number 99 overall pick in the third round because uh for moments like these I mean he won this game for them. He absolutely won this game. And I'm in the middle of rewriting my my game story right now. And I just said, you know, he washed the big F right out of Baker Mayfield's mouth with that kick. Uh, I mean, my goodness, why teller fell to his knees. Uh, we got the mayor tweeting at Cade York right now. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh it, it was it was pretty darn incredible and exactly what Brownstown and Browns fans needed after all this Baker hullabaloo.
1: And I mean, actually, this was I mean, this was razor thin. This was almost a disaster. I was I mean, I had two columns ready to go, as is sometimes the case in these games like this was uh, this this kick covered up a lot of things. The, the fact that that kick went through, it covered up a whole lot for this Browns football team today.
0: Yes, and I even tweeted something like deletes column with about (laughs) two minutes left. I I just knew what I'd written wasn't going to be relevant, and I did. I rewrote, obviously, my entire like quick column was about Cade's kick, so I rewrote it in like 10 minutes and, and just kind of hoped for the best. But you're right, because this wasn't a perfect game, right? Like, there were spurts where the Browns looked really good. The defense, you know, especially up front, had really good spurts, batting down those five passes. But there were also spurts where things looked, like, really bad. I think in the first two drives, there were, like, three missed touchdown opportunities. One, Amari Cooper was wide open. That ended their first drive. Um, and defensively, there were multiple blown coverages that we saw in the secondary Grant Delpit, JJ three, it looked like on, on a couple of those each. So I just think overall, like you said, Dan, this did kind of masquerade maybe for fans, some of these bad things. I know the Browns are going to be fixated on those things they need to fix after this game. uh, But it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse because we would be pointing, I think at those things a lot more had they actually blown this lead and not been able to contain the Panthers there down, down the stretch.
1: Okay. So Kate York is awesome. I don't know if we need to, I don't know. I mean, look, I know fans would probably love us to talk about Kate York for 20 minutes, but we have a whole game to get into. Um, why don't we do takeaways? I'm going to spring this on you. Why don't we just throw out some, go around the horn, throw out some takeaways and, and talk about the game like this. So Mary Kay, what do you have for us?
2: Well, you know, my takeaway is going to be the uh, the story that I wrote after the game and that was about Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield and uh Miles admitted that they were a bit unleashed by the things that Baker Mayfield said and did heading into the game. So, uh he motivated the Browns. We knew that they were going to use the things that he said and did before this game uh to, you know, to get themselves with you know ready for this football game and that of course included the off the leash t-shirts that that he was selling and also telling Cynthia Freeland that he was going to F up the Browns even though he basically denied afterwards saying that Um, the Browns were going to use it one way or the other so afterwards when uh, I got a chance to ask Miles about that and he said yeah we were a little bit unleashed and I just thought that kind of summed it up because the way that defense came out I mean they were just smacking him around I mean they batted down uh five total passes four in the first half alone they sacked him four times Grant Delpit picked him off I mean they just came out loaded for bear starting right on the very first pass with Jadavian Clowney's bat down so I mean they you know he had a 46 point Two rating in the first half. They could do nothing. The Browns led 17 to 7 after the half, 20 to 7 in the third quarter. And uh, and it really looked like it was gonna be a route.
1: Yeah, Ashley, this was two big plays for the Panthers. That was really kind of their offense today. Now they got a little bit go. That last drive was really good. They got McCaffrey going a little bit. Um, but this was really just two big blown coverages by the Browns on defense and John Johnson after the game set. I mean, that was the difference between you know, a great performance essentially and a dominant performance. So I mean he was happy with how they did, but you give up those two big plays, it changes kind of how you feel about things. But you know, we talked so much about the Pittsburgh game plan last year. This felt a little bit like that. Hands up, bat the football down and and make life really difficult on Baker.
0: Yeah, I think I even sent our Texter insider subscribers that note in the middle of the game. It was all I could think about for all this talk of we we tried to get at this with these guys multiple different ways over the last I don't know how long, six weeks, whatever whatever the Panthers would come up after Baker got traded there um and the answer was always you know very diplomatic very well they play a 4-3 defense so we're not going to watch film of them we're just going to watch what Baker has done in the preseason and blah 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 but there definitely was something to that film and I know even Joe Thomas was tweeting about like get McAdoo like a roster with heights because does he not know that his quarterback can't get the ball over the line at this point um and that's all I kept thinking about it was like it was genuinely like watching a flashback to that Monday night game like I just felt like the Browns had his number in that regard and it was almost like kind of poetic in a way
1: yeah I couldn't figure out exactly what the Panthers were trying to do on offense Mary Kay and some of that credit goes to I mean a lot of that credit goes to the Browns defense um, but it just felt like Baker was in the pocket a lot um, Christian McCaffrey didn't touch the ball a ton early in the game, which I thought was bizarre. And I, I know Baker got asked about that in the postgame presser and kind of just flicked the question away, but uh, it's certainly notable enough that he got asked about it. I thought, I mean, the Browns defense, this is oh, yeah. a I mean, piece of the formula.
2: I'll tell you what, for Christian McCaffrey to be held to 33 yards rushing and, 24 yards passing I mean that that's just absolutely incredible and it's Baker did bite his tongue there was no way he was going to start his career in Carolina by questioning the game plan he knows how that got him in trouble in Cleveland um, and so he wasn't about to do that but I'll tell you what I mean if they had it to do all over again wouldn't you just do whatever you had to to get the ball into the hands of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, my goodness, there was that one play that Baker fumbled one of his probably five snaps that he fumbled um, and uh, Christian picked it up and saved the play and ran for 28 yards. And that set up that Baker Mayfield touchdown run. I mean, my goodness, they, they really blew an opportunity there, but, um, but, you know, lucky for the Browns that, that they didn't, ride that that horse the way that the Browns did with Nick Chubb I mean my goodness Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were such a huge part of this football game and uh and it it, you know it it really helped make the difference.
1: Ashley what was your takeaway?
0: Yeah I was going back and forth between the run game but I think I'm actually going to go in another direction here um my takeaway is Baker Mayfield was not as bad as his injury made him look last year, but the Browns were still right to move on from him. Like kind of like what I said, I felt like we were watching same old Baker in a lot of ways, like not being able to see over his line, getting passes batted down, just being generally slow and kind of getting those sacks. And I just couldn't help but think about that. Like it it truly, I felt like I was back sitting in the, I don't remember what it's called now press box watching that Monday night game in a lot of ways. And maybe his morale was a little better. Um, And I'm not, you know, saying that the Deshaun Watson trade is perfect. I've never thought that or had that opinion, but I understand, you know, why the Browns did not feel like he was the guy. And I just, I think we kind of saw it again today. He's obviously with new guys in a new system and I'm sure he's going to take some time to grow, but I just couldn't help but think if he was the quarterback in this game, it probably would have been worse. I don't know that they would have gotten into K-Jork range on that final drive.
1: Yeah, that's actually interesting. I, I wonder how this game would have gone if the quarterbacks would have been reversed. Because, I mean, to Baker's credit, he did lead them on, on the drive to take the lead in the end, but he really struggled in, in this football game. Um, and like you said,
0: it was it was a couple of chunk plays, really, right? Yeah. Like, you could, anyone can kind of luck into those occasionally.
1: Here's what, I guess, stood out to me about Baker, and this is sort of a theme of the offseason, and that is Kevin Stefanski was asked after the game, did you have words for Baker after the game? Basically, did you talk to Baker after the game? And Kevin said, I did not. (laughs) And end of quote.
0: (laughs) And I think too, like part of my, this being my takeaway is everything leading up to the game. Like I was laughing. I saw a tweet from our good friend Ellis Williams from the Baker press conference where he's like, oh, I don't know why people were treating this like the Super Bowl. It's just one game of 17 or whatever. It's like, you're the one who made the t-shirts. You're the one who made the unleashed t-shirts. I know he said they weren't his idea, but like they're on his social media and he was hawking them on social media. Like that's all I kept thinking about. It just is like the same thing, the talking without backing it up and and getting passes batted down because he can't see – all the criticisms that we've kind of talked about are fair for as much good as he did in Cleveland and the playoff run and all that. It's great to remember those positive things. I wrote a whole column about that after he left, but at the same time you can't extend a guy based on one year of past performance. Essentially it has to be for the future. And it's, it was a lot of the same. I was just reminded so much of what it was like to cover Baker Mayfield the last like <laughs> week or so. And especially today.
1: Um. Before we get to what my takeaway was going to be, uh, let's actually take a break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about something else that Mary Kay just sort of touched on, but I think we need to spend a little more time on. And then I've got my takeaway as well. And back on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast, post-game edition, Browns winners in the season opener for the first time since 2004. I actually saw somebody tweet, this is the first time the Browns have ever gotten to tweet 1-0 and to start a season because Twitter wasn't around in 2004. So <laughs> shout out to whoever that was. Um, let's talk a little bit about this running game before we get into what I was going to bring up. And that is, you know, Nick Chubb was awesome today. 22 carries, 141 yards. Uh, really just difficult to bring down all game long. And then Kareem Hunt, 11 for 46 and a score. And then also in the passing game, uh, Kareem Hunt had four catches, 24 yards and a score. You know, Mary Kay, that this is sort of what the Browns need to do on offense. And I think we're going to see this over and over again, just leaning on these two backs to to try and and drive them, especially in these first four games.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, we have been saying all along that the Cleveland Browns, while Deshaun Watson is out, are going to need to rely on their running game, the two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and then their defense, which needs to be dominant this year. And of course, uh, they showed some chinks in that armor on defense, and they're going to have to get that fixed. Because there is, you know, I mean, there is a little bit more, you know, than just luck to those two big chunk plays. I mean, Baker can you know, can look out there and see that something's not right. And, uh, and, and he took advantage of that. So, um, so I would say that, you know, the two things for the most part uh, that the Browns need to happen, happened in this game, Nick, who put out that amazing hype video a couple of days ago, uh, you know, he's running angry. He's running angry this year. I mean, he always kind of does, but there's some kind of resolve in him that says, we need to get this done. And he did it. And Kareem Hunt, he went through the summer, had a mini hold in and wasn't, you know, didn't want to be here unless he could get a contract extension. And he went out and played his tail off and he was not going to be denied, scored two touchdowns, uh, flexed his bicep to the crowd there after the second one. And uh, and those two guys together were pretty darn incredible. And that's what it's going to have to be because unless Jacoby Brissett can get good in a hurry, there are issues in this passing game. There are definitely issues in this passing game and it's not going to hold up against the better teams in the NFL that they play. It's just not.
1: Ashley, what'd you think of this run game today?
0: Yeah. And I, I think I tweeted something about it. And Mary Kay tweeted something about it as well, that, Kareem Hunt definitely went out there and made an argument for why he deserves a contract extension, I think. I mean, I hope this is what a Kareem Hunt contract year looks like for an entire 17 games if he can stay healthy. But even for me, like on that first touchdown, I think it was when Kareem went out in the flat and Jacoby gave him that little pass for the score, like they were so worried about what Nick was going to do. No one was even on Kareem. Like, it's kind of crazy to watch that play slow down. Like, no one was even defending him. And it just kind of goes to show how valuable it is to have those two guys out there together. And we saw them a lot out there together uh, early, especially. I think from the second snap, like, onward on that first drive, they were out there together basically the whole time. And I think it just kind of – that touchdown play kind of encapsulates because – people are going to be so worried about one or the other. You kind of have to pick your poison. And for Kareem, we've talked about this a lot. It's hard to even figure out how to defend him because you don't necessarily know how he's going to be used on any given play. So it's like, who do you throw at him? And and how do you try to try to stop that when you also have to worry about Chubb? So uh, I agree with Mary Kay. This is what it's gonna have to look like. And Jacoby Brissett has to be better on top of it, but just those two guys playing like they did today is going to get them pretty you know i think a pretty decent record in and of itself
1: um we can all together if we want to do this like sprain our shoulders patting ourselves on the back we've been telling you if you're orange and brown talk listeners we've been telling you for months Mm. there's going to be two back sets you're going to see these guys on the field together this is what the offense is going to look like unfortunately we've been telling you something else on this podcast and that's my that's my takeaway from this game and there were some folks on Twitter that didn't love it, but the reality is the Browns kind of did everything they need to do to win games today. They got good defense. They obviously had the, the, the breakdowns. They ran the football really well and they still needed a 58 yard field goal from their rookie kicker to beat the Carolina Panthers. And that concerns me a little bit. I still think this team should probably get off to a three and one start but I think this game just confirmed like how nervous I am about this football team after those first four games. Um, and you know, look, TJ Watt might've torn his pack, so maybe it's going to be a four start, but I I'm just a little bit nervous about how this team is going to fare when they're going against teams that aren't coached by Ben McAdoo and Matt rule and quarterbacked by Baker Mayfield. And they aren't going against a hundred year old Joe Flacco next week. This passing game was not good today. And I will give Jacoby credit. He made some big throws, Um, but just down to down, this passing game struggled. And Mary Kay, I worry about what that's going to look like when you're going against teams that are going to be able to limit at least a little bit what your running backs are going to be able to do.
2: Well, you know, we've been watching practice for a long time since OTAs. And all along, I think most of us have agreed that they, they needed at least one more veteran receiver, and then I think we all had our concerns about Jacoby running the offense. I think they waited too long to give him first-team reps. I think he should have had more time in the preseason. I mean, they were not in sync at all, and um, there there are going to be some issues in the passing game. I have been calling for uh, Joshua Dobbs' package, and there are a lot of people that disagree with me on that. But I, I just think that uh, they're going to need something else from the quarterback position to get the job done. I mean, it, unless unless it comes together in a way that uh, that we can't foresee right now, there are some major issues in this passing game. There are not enough good receivers, and the quarterback uh, is going to need to pick up his game in a big way to keep this team in the hunt for these first 11 games.
1: Yeah, Ashley, 18 of 34, 147, a touchdown. Did not turn the ball over, which we knew he could do, um, but he really needed help. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones had to make some really tough catches, and he had a really good day today, so credit to him. Uh, credit. Shout out to Donovan Peoples-Jones for the day he had. But he had to make some really tough catches uh, on his 11 targets. Couldn't really get the ball down the field to Omari Cooper. They had uh, an interception negated on – one of the most bizarre pass interferences I've ever seen, where the defender just decided to close line Amari Cooper. I don't know. I don't know what was going I was, on there. <laughs> um, I'm still
0: laughing about it. Like that was unhinged.
1: And uh, look, there was another ball. I don't want to turn this into like you know PFF interceptable passes stats here, but there were some footballs that Carolina had some opportunities on. It was just I I like Jacoby Brissett the person. Again, credit to him. He made some big throws, and he made some big throws on the game-winning drive. I'm just a little concerned how this is going to look over the course of 11 games.
0: Yeah, and to Mary Kay's point about, you know, Jacoby should he have gotten more reps earlier? I mean, I think the prime example of that is on the first drive, your first offensive drive of the game, and there's confusion, and guys aren't sure where they're supposed to be lined up, and you have to burn an early timeout. Like, it just was very apparent in that moment that, oh, hmm, this collective group has not had a ton of time to – really get the details down of all of this but you're right dan there were some big throws that that jacoby made and especially on that final drive that throw to dpj to keep it alive that's great but there were missed opportunities he had there were some overthrows and some of those overthrows were just nonsensical and that throw that should have been an interception i was like why what is he doing the second the ball left his hand you kind of felt that it was headed for disaster and they were just kind of saved by some higher power that caused the most, like you said, bizarre defensive pass interference that I've ever seen because there was really no reason for it. So it definitely is, I think, going to be a lingering question. And I've said this before, we might look back in hindsight and be like, why did it take until practice number 13 or 14 for them to hand over the reins to Jacoby?
1: Now, Mary Kay, there is something to be said, though, about as ugly as things were and as as much of a grind as it was for this offense, they did figure out a way to win this game. And I I guess the counterpoint I would make to myself is like, hey, if you get to three and one and four and oh, you start to believe in yourself a little bit. And maybe you do play above your head a little bit when you go against teams like the Chargers and, and the Bucks and the Ravens and the Bengals. I, you know, there's something to be said, I think, about just winning some football games no matter how it happens.
2: Yeah. I mean, on one hand, you, know, as you mentioned, they found a way to win the game and they did. They found a way to win the game, but geez, oh man, the, they, <laughs> they won the game because they made a really amazing pick of Cade York. I mean, if this is pretty much any other kicker, except for everybody in the AFC North, um, <laughs> Right. I mean, any other kicker they've had for the last how many ever years, uh, this is definitely a loss. I mean, this came down to the foot of one Cade York. Um, And, you know, that was a really that was a good play that that Donovan Peoples-Jones made and good for him. But uh, there are issues, there are issues. They need to get them corrected. They have return issues. Life after Jakeen Grant is is not great with Demetric Felton now Jerome Ford stepped in there and settled things down there a little bit but you know we can see what, what the problems are right now and um they've way got to go back to that drawing board
1: well the good news is they've got you know again as we learned today no NFL team is an easy win so but they do have some soft you know a soft schedule coming up here with the jets in week 2 and you know Kevin even admitted like he's he's going to be happy to have a normal week this week and I, I think of you know he was sort of alluding to like it'll just be that normal preparation week as opposed to the long week but deep down inside I think he meant like oh we don't have to deal with a bunch of baker stuff so um reading in to, to what Kevin said. So that's going to help and then they get uh, the Steelers on a short week. who knows what kind of state they're going to be in and then they get to uh, travel to Atlanta before things get really difficult. So it's still set up that they can figure some things out on the on the fly here in the first four games of the season. But I will say I did see some flashes of like, I can see how this offense could look really good with Deshaun Watson running it. I, I think there were some, some things I saw that I liked that like, Oh, Deshaun's not going to hesitate on that throw. He's going to make it and it could be a 10 or 15 yard game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I agree with you on that. I, I still think that, I mean, maybe by the time he gets back, some of the younger receivers will have grown up a little bit and grown into their game somewhat. Uh, and I'm talking about David Bell. I'm talking about Michael Woods, who wasn't out there today. I'm talking about Anthony Schwartz, who not giving up on yet. Uh, so if, if, those, if those guys kind of come up the learning curve really well, then I think they'll be on to something when Deshaun gets back.
0: I will say, too, this whole conversation kind of to bring it full circle back to Cade York kind of reminds me of the way Cade York talks about kicking. You know, we are in the NFL all the time. People say win is a win. It doesn't matter if it's ugly, all that sort of stuff. But that's just like football coach and player speak. Like, that's not actually true. You're not totally just results driven. You also have to be process driven. And these people are manic about that. So, for example, Cade York talks about he made all his kicks today, but he had a horrible warm up. He said he wasn't happy with how he hit some of those field goals. He said he hit them too timid. So even though he had a perfect stat line, he's worried about the things he can still work on to improve. So even though it is an ugly win, like, of course, there's there's still plenty that they need to fix. And those guys know that even though, of course, like you're happy to get in the win column, it's not the only thing you're focused on.
1: All right, well, the Browns are in the win column. Uh, first time since 2004, they've started a season one and oh, 26 24 winners, a 58 yard field goal from Cade York with uh, not much time left on the clock when he made it and the browns beat their former starting quarterback baker mayfield in the opener uh, like i said we'll be back with a full week of pods coming your way to recap this game a little bit more and also get you ready for joe flacco and the new york jets to come to town they lost to the ravens today so uh baltimore one and and pittsburgh beating cincinnati so a lot of craziness as usual in week one uh for mary kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody